Hi friends, I'm Tierney, I'm Katie, and I'm Shelby, and we're Dead, Dead Drunk. Drunk. guys what's up not much what's up with you i'm i'm living my best life surprise living the dream it's your girl i'm back because they kicked me off last week (laughs) (laughs) don't be salty it was (laughs) pre-recorded from when she was gone shelby and i got a little ambitious and recorded like three cases but they're fake katie's back for good now yeah we're pretty fake (laughs) 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 that's fine yeah, um, but we're, we have some really cool cases coming up, and we're really excited to share with you. So what's the case today, guys? Today I'm going to tell you about the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. Who's that? <laughs> I'm sure you all know who Amelia Earhart is. She was a female pilot, one of the first female pilots. She was the first female to cross the Atlantic Ocean in an airplane, Ooh. which I will tell you more about but because of the airplane connection, Katie, do you want to tell them about our cocktail today? Yes. So if uh, you see your pilot drinking, please tell them not to, especially <laughs> if it's this drink. So this week's cocktail is one made for a trip on an airplane. So we found a company on Amazon called the Cocktail Box Company that sells kits that are made to like carry on the plane. And um, all you need is a small bottle of champagne and one of those kits so you can get that on the airplane you know they give you all the ingredients to mix so that you can have a signature cocktail for cheap while you're on an airplane this is not a hashtag ad but (laughs) we thought it was cute so we'll link it in our show notes and we really want you to enjoy it how fun yeah fun i think i want to say that this one it's like the champagne one they have like an old-fashioned one they have a gin one they have like all stuff, but we got the champagne one and it's like elderflower stuff to mix in and like kind of like signature ingredients that you wouldn't necessarily have lying around. So that's like pretty cool. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. I'm really happy that a company kept in mind that a ton of people aren't comfortable flying and would like to be way <laughs> drunker than the airline would let you get. Yes. <laughs> At me. Literally every single time that I go to England or anywhere, honestly. No, I, when I went to England, the couple next to me, I don't know what they took, but they were completely knocked out before the plane even took off. My mom like they had to come him. wake them up and be like, Hey, you need to sit back. <laughs> like we didn't even take off yet. <laughs> and I was just like, can I have a beer? <laughs> the first time I went to England, I was sitting, I was on the row. Cause I, I'm ridiculously lucky with that. And there were two folks sitting next to me. I didn't really talk to them until we were like halfway into the flight. And I looked at them and I was just like, do you guys want a shot? And they were just like, absolutely. And like, <laughs> we like shared shots because they brought a whole, like a whole lot too. And they were actually a band and it was fun. Like the airplane hack where you take the little nips on the airplane because they're under the certain amount. So you can take like as many of them as yeah. you want. I-, I found out that it's actually like, you're not supposed to drink that on an airplane. So don't wink wink nudge nudge if you gotta get through it you gotta get through it somehow exactly it's better than you know having a panic attack and being sweaty like i do and it's not like you're driving anywhere Mm -hmm. because you're on an airplane for a long time i really hope (laughs) that you're not gonna be like i got this and like having to go and drive an airplane pilot an airplane (laughs) drive an airplane (laughs) (laughs) anyways speaking of driving an airplane who did that tierney 
Well, let me tell you. So Amelia Earhart was one of the best pilots of her time until she was a dumb bitch and got lost. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. Well, okay. Anyway. The mm-hmm. entire room just shook. <laughs> you guys try and get anywhere without Google Maps. I can't do it. I would no. get lost. I can't even get here. I literally <laughs> needed the address to like figure out how to get here. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Okay. So in 1928, Amelia Earhart became the first female to cross the Atlantic Ocean by plane. Although it was as a passenger in a small aircraft, but like that still counts. Yeah, Yeah, I count it. Soon after that, though, in 1932, she became the first female to complete a solo transatlantic flight flying from Newfoundland to Northern Ireland. Ooh, my family's from there. Newfoundland or Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're good back to Newfoundland later. Cool. Anyway, this flight... Did not go as smoothly as you would think, however. Earhart's original plan was to fly to Paris, which, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> idiot because it's Paris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so her original plan was to fly to Paris, but after 14 hours, her plane literally caught on fire. And so she made the decision to land in Ireland instead. Same. Her plane caught on fire and this girl was like, oh, I'll just land here instead. Yeah. If my plane caught on fire, I'm out. Like, I'm out. Goodbye. Oh, where, would, where would you go? Uh, parachute out <laughs> into nothing i don't know she- down with the titanic i don't know <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't be able to think that clearly okay. right i don't think a lot of people would which is really important to the rest of our story because this shows that she was a really fast thinker and a good problem solver can't really and after she completed this flight she gained a lot of notoriety in the media for this trip amelia was ambitious so a simple transatlantic flight did not satisfy her desire for adventure After a couple of years in 1936, Earhart began planning a much longer journey. She wanted to be the first female to circumnavigate the globe by plane, meaning she quite literally was going to fly around the world. Not only would she be the first female to achieve this feat, she would set the record for the longest around-the-world flight spanning 29,000 miles. Her route would follow the equator, a different route than any pilot had taken before, male or female. Her journey would take her 40 days. That's a long time to yeah. be in that tiny, tiny space. Yeah. I like had to be on a plane for eight hours. And I almost died twice. So that's too long. 40 yeah. days. Amelia couldn't do this all on her own. However, she wanted a second navigator so that they could make sure they were doing everything correctly. Originally, a man named Harry Manning was chosen to join Amelia's team. He was a very skilled navigator and radio operator and seemed to be the perfect man for the job. After a test run in which Manning suffered a computational error that set them about 20 miles off course, Earhart decided to bring on another navigator by the name of Fred Noonan to assist as well. The team practiced a lot. They wanted to become familiar with individual flights along the path so that when they did embark on their journey, they were familiar with the path as well as where to land and all that stuff you feel. Yeah, so she can make emergency landings if there was another fire or kick one of those guys out if she didn't like them. Right, she wanted to be really prepared, which makes sense because it was such a long journey. And she's a smart girl. Hell yeah. During these trials, the team suffered a lot of setbacks. They had navigational errors, radio errors, and even had parts of their plane fall off. They had some very difficult landings and damaged runways and plane tires were also damaged in the process. Almost like a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, Manning decided that he had had enough. And because of all the problems and delays they were having in the early stages, he quit the team altogether. This left Earhart and Noonan without a very skilled radio operator. But the two believed that they could make the journey on their own. 
On June 1st of 1937, Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan embarked on their journey to circumnavigate the globe. Wah, 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 wah. Dun, dun, oh, that's pretty dun. cool. So they were going to take like the whole summer, basically. Yes. Summer awesome. road trip. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's <Yeah>. no roads. <laughs> the air is my highway. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Doc Brown. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> The two left from Miami and they made many stops along the way in places like Africa, India, and Southeast Asia. On June 29th, they landed in Leh, New Guinea. They had now traveled 22,000 miles and had approximately 7,000 miles left to go. They were almost there. Wild. The majority of the rest of their journey would be flown over the Pacific Ocean, with their next stop being scheduled to land on Howland Island which is an uninhabited island in the middle of the ocean, about halfway between Australia and Hawaii. It's important to note that during the first flight attempts before the official journey began, the crew never actually had the opportunity to land on Howland Island. When they originally took off from New Guinea, the plane became damaged, and they soon had to touch back down without completing the journey. That's petrifying. Therefore, Earhart and Noonan had never landed on this island before. They left New Guinea with... 1,100 gallons of fuel left in their tank, which should have been more than enough for them to make it to the island. At 3 p.m., Earhart reported their latitude to be 10,000 feet, which seemed quite high. However, they would reduce their altitude by 5 p.m. Some theorists say that because of the increased altitude that they were flying at, the plane may have been running low on fuel. Now, I'm no airplane expert, and I don't exactly know how about fuel efficiency or anything but it makes sense to me that if they flew higher up they would be flying farther than they intended right yeah so maybe they would be using more fuel if they're going farther up i don't know moving on Mm -hmm. the u.s coast guard in preparation for this flight sent the uscgc itasca to receive signals from Earhart's plane the itasca was a patrol boat that would help communicate with Earhart and noonan in order to monitor their landing and make sure that all was well The Itasca began receiving signals from Earhart, meaning that they were very close to the island. Their last reported location placed them in close proximity to the Nukumanu Islands, which was about 800 miles into the flight. Earhart struggled to communicate with the Itasca upon their descent to Howland Island. Remember, neither Earhart nor Noonan were very experienced with operating their radios. We must be on you, but we cannot see you. But gas is running low. Have been unable to reach you by radio. We're flying at a thousand feet, Earhart said. At the Itasca, they could hear her. However, Earhart and Noonan could not hear them. We are on the line 157-337. We will repeat this message. We will repeat this on 6210 kilocycles. Wait, she said. Earhart and Noonan were not heard again at Itasca. Their plane never reached Thailand Island. There are a lot of theories about what could have happened to Earhart and Noonan. The most widely accepted theory is that their plane went down into the ocean and that the two died on impact. This makes a lot of sense because of the fact that Earhart reported that the plane was running low on fuel. However, the ocean near Howland Island has been searched and there is no evidence of a crash at all. The ocean is a vast space and it's possible that it just hasn't been recovered yet. However, there have been many years of combing the ocean with no luck. You would think that they would find something that could tie them to Amelia's plane, but nothing has been found. Yeah, I was going to ask if they moved further out from Howland Island because I know the Titanic shifted a lot and drifted a lot from where it initially hit the iceberg. So they had to go further out to find, I think, the back half or the front half, whatever half. And then to find Jack, rest in peace. Yeah, they've searched a lot of the area and 
even if they didn't like even if the plane drifted really far you would think they would find like a piece of metal yeah like, yes. something. something or like, like bones or like i don't know something yeah but they found absolutely nothing wow that's spooky in the week after the disappearance of the plane, many people around the world reported that they picked up radio frequencies of Amelia Earhart trying to call for help. Aww. One woman in particular who reported these messages went by the name of Betty Clank. Betty was actually only 15 years old at the time and she was living in Florida. She loved to sit in front of her dad's long antenna radio because she liked to listen to the music and draw in her notebook as she was listening. Because of the length of the antenna, Betty could pick up many frequencies and listen to music from pretty much all over the world. Betty sounds like a kid that the kids from Stranger Things would be really good friends with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're totally <laughs> right. Does. So around 3 p.m. on a July afternoon, the week after the disappearance, she wasn't sure what day, she was browsing through the radio stations when she heard a woman's voice coming through saying, this is Amelia Earhart. She kept listening and began jotting down what she was hearing. She says that she could hear Earhart calling for help as well as her arguing with who she assumed was Noonan. It was apparent to Betty that they had crashed and land somewhere and that they were stuck in the plane. They couldn't get out of the plane. They also seemed to be aware that the water was rising and that they needed to get out soon or they were going to be drowned. Oh, Uh, my God. So they were on land, but the plane was filling with water. Yeah. And they couldn't get out of it. Oh, my gosh. Amelia reportedly was saying, water's knee deep and let me out. Betty listened for about three hours of the radio feeding in and out, and she wrote down as much as she could hear in her notebook. We will link the transcript of what Betty says she heard on our website for you to check out if you're interested in How hearing more. How old was she? she uh, Betty was 15. That probably scarred her for life, huh? Yeah, and unfortunately, no one really believed Betty. She wasn't the only one that reported hearing from Amelia during this time, but it was thought by many that she was just making it up. What, what a wow. fake bitches that are listening to her. Yeah. There is one theory, though, that is consistent with the messages Betty said she was hearing. And this theory is that the plane went down somewhere on the island of Nakumaroro, which was also uninhabited. This makes sense because this island is online with where Amelia's last reported location was, and the island also experiences a lot of high and low tides. So it would make sense if the plane had crashed here that Earhart was worried about the rising water. To further this theory, a few years later, bones were found on the island. Along with these bones, there was evidence of a campfire. And if these bones proved to be those of Earhart or Noonan, it would support a theory that the two had crashed and become castaways on the island. The 13 bones that were recovered were shipped to a scientist named David Hoodless. Hoodless examined the bones and he determined that they belonged to a European male that did not fit the description of Earhart or Noonan. So the bones were thrown away. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> like, wait. He was like, nope, this couldn't be them. Bye, Bones. I'm going to get rid of you now because we don't need you because it's not them. So, like, in what landfill are they? Because I'll go dig. I don't. Come oh. on. We'll get there. What a piece of garbage. They were probably incinerated. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, I'm excited. That's okay. I'm excited, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, like, what the fuck? Like, it, like, this one guy was like, yeah. Well, she's a woman and Noonan isn't a European man and like he's too short or, or too tall. Or, I don't even know what it was, but it was like, no, but it's not them. So, OK, but in open cases, police keep everything. True, so why was this 1940? It's yeah. they still they keep everything. If you go to the NYPD, they're not going to let you into their evidence locker, but they for sure have stuff from the 40s in I that mean, locker. I'm- 
Um, Everyone could just kind of thought, oh, their plane crashed and she's dead. Uh, so I'm not sure if they took up? this as theory as as seriously as theoriously. Ooh, I like that word. Theriously. It's a theory. Theoriously. Um, I don't think they took it as seriously as they could have because they really just thought that she. I'm sorry, that's not funny. But like, just like imagining America going, oh, what? She crashed. Damn. Map. She's probably dead. Yeah. Like they just were <laughs> like, just nobody like, asked wait, any wait, questions. Wait, wait, wait. So like, she's just gone. Damn. That's crazy. So what? What's going on? What's for dinner? <laughs> like, what are we having for dinner? Are we? Are we still segregating? Salisbury steak. Like, <laughs> are, we still, are we still segregating? <laughs> it's crazy to me that they would just throw them away, but that's kind of what happened. Since then, other scientists have examined Earhart's body dimensions and compared them to the recorded measurements of the bones that were found. Many have determined that this could have been Earhart's body because she was a taller than average woman. But it's almost like we'll never know for sure because the bones were discarded. Hate that guy. Yeah. He ruined it. Ugh. So one of the other theories is that Earhart and Noonan were captured by the Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even get to that without laughing. So in this theory, the two landed on an island in the Marshall Islands and were picked up by Japanese because they were thought to be spies for President Roosevelt. This theory goes a couple of ways. Some people believe that they were executed by the Japanese. Uh, Some people believe that they were set free a few years after and that Earhart moved to New Jersey and assumed a new identity. The idea that she would come back from her trip around the world and pick New Jersey. <laughs> Wait. That's the craziest part of the theory. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So many believe this theory also because there was done. a woman named Irene Bolum who that does sound fake. people thought was Amelia Earhart. Because she looks like her. I'll show you a picture in a second. Uh, Irene Bolum who was a real woman living in New Jersey claimed that this was completely untrue and that she wasn't Amelia Earhart, which I guess if it really was her and she was trying to hide it, like she would say like, no, I'm not. (laughs) That's exactly what Amelia Earhart would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. She literally had to file like an affidavit saying that she was not Amelia Earhart. Um, And either way, Bolum died in July of 1982. So I guess we'll never really know. Mm. Um, I will post a picture on our Instagram of them side by side, but I'm going to show Katie and Shelby right now i don't think they literally look anything alike but uh here they are what do you guys think what um like they have the same haircut the nose is completely different about it maybe maybe i'm i'm more struck by the like fact that okay so if that guy was like this is a european male like i mean her cheekbones are pretty high so it's (laughs) And to be like, this is a European male. Chucking those. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. That was probably her. And now I I hate that guy. Let's dig him up. (laughs) Let's dig him up and discard his bones. (laughs) Yeah. I got him away. (laughs) But I don't really think they look like they have the same haircut. That's probably. Yeah. It's just the haircut. There's, I mean, it's kind of a similar face, but it's not too similar. Katie's right. The nose is completely different. Maybe she broke it on impact coming home from New Jersey. Maybe she got a nose job while she was captive in Japan. Earhart knew the risks of this journey, but she did it anyway. She wanted to go after her dreams, no matter how dangerous it was. Earhart can be quoted saying many things that probably should be on inspirational posters, but my favorite one is this. She said, there's more to life than being a passenger. Which I was like, oh, yes, girl. Like, fucking Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. That's an amazing saying. Yeah. So what about the aliens? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need to tell you something more important that I kind of kept from you earlier. Uh, very recently, earlier this 
year, I believe. There has been a break in the case. You're going to be so excited. Okay. After being missing for many years, scientists believe that they have found the discarded bones from Nakumaroro. <gasps> no. Yeah. So at the Te Amwanabong Museum and Cultural Center on the island of Tarawa Kerbadi. These names are amazing. <laughs> uh, five boxes of bones were found to be stowed away. Some of them match the description of the bones that were found on the island all those years ago. They have all been sent off for DNA testing, and only time will tell if these remains indeed belong to Earhart, which will close the case. How long does it take to pull DNA from bones? I'm not really sure. Think about any case that we've (laughs) talked about. Like you know DNA can take like for some reason up to like eight years and then oh, they tell us well for a lot of our cases it's the lack of technology for True. so now that we have all of this DNA technology I'm just yeah. like curious is it gonna take it probably takes a lot longer with bones yeah. but especially bones that they don't even know yeah like, what's good with them it honestly it could come back inconclusive because it's been so long I don't really know that's and I also feel like it's really possible that we'll just never hear anything about them because there are so many cases that they'll like send stuff off and then like they'll get the results, but they won't release them. So, because but this awesome. is a pretty, pretty high profile case. Yeah. I feel like if they got back that it was her, they would definitely go, okay, yeah, we found her. Right. But if it's not her, I wonder if we'll ever even hear it. You yeah, know what I mean? Mm. I, well, well, if we see. don't hear anything, then it's still a mystery. Yeah. Mm. But I, I really I really hope that it is her because I think that that theory makes the most sense to me. It for sure does. And yeah. I really believe Betty. Yeah. And it, what 15 th- year old would make that up? Yeah. And Betty isn't the only one that said those things. So people from all over the world were saying that they were picking up frequencies from Amelia's plane. So I don't know. That sounds really well, stressful. I'll enough. cross my fingers. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, so for our caboose today, <laughs> I want to tell you about another female pilot who changed the game as well. And her name is Beverly Bass. Beverly was a pilot for American Airlines and is best known for being the first female captain in American history in 1986. She was also a part of the first all-female crew to fly an airplane, which happened later that year. When she first began her career, there were many people, namely men, who told her that she was too young, too short, too woman to become a pilot. However, Beverly didn't listen to them. She took flying lessons when she turned 18 and eventually was able to prove all of these men that she was good enough. Hey. Love that for her. Yes, queen. Yeah, snaps, bitch. Snaps. Good bitch. Like a like a bad bitch, you know? Beverly, if you're listening. Beverly, if you're listening, I only have love for you. She's so awesome. I watch so many videos of her. She's just the cutest. Love. (laughs) Beverly. She is the cutest. I love her so much. (laughs) So on September 11th, 2001, Beverly Bass was flying from Paris to Dallas when she got a message on air-to-air traffic that a terrorist action had occurred in New York City. She was forced to reroute her plane to land in Gander, Newfoundland. Call back from Newfoundland. Holla. Wow. (laughs) She had had too much fuel on board, actually, and she talked about how she had to dump a lot of it off the plane in order to land without the plane being overweight, which, like, math. Like, go, girl. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She was the pilot of one of 38 planes that landed in Gander on that day. You guys know me too well by now to be surprised by this. (laughs) 
But the Broadway musical Come From Away is based on the story of Beverly and the 7,000 other people that landed in Gander on September 11th of 2001. Wait, tell Katie what the population of the town of Gander was before 7,000 people landed there. So listen. I'm going to drink. The population of Gander, Newfoundland at the time was approximately 9,000 people. So very small. Overnight, they almost doubled their population with all of these people. Oh my goodness. That is musical attire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish you could see my face as I said attire. It's fine. Um, so the musical, I actually watched a lot of videos of Beverly herself talking about the musical. And she said it's not as much of a 9-11 musical as it is like a 9-12 musical. I love that. I saw it recently and I cried a lot. But I it's it's more about the community in Gander and how welcoming and kind they are. They did whatever they could to make room for these people in their own houses. They cooked for them. They gave them clothing. They let them use their phones to call home. Oh, my goodness. And they all created lasting relationships with these people from pretty much all over the world. That's amazing. Yeah, the musical is incredible. You should seriously go see it and cry like I did. She talked about when they finally got to board the plane again. And it was like... Everybody, no, everybody boarding the plane was now like good friends, which was something you'd never see in a regular airport. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, what did you do with your time in Gander? Oh, Oh, I had these met these people and I did that. It was it was just. Yeah. And they've had like reunions where these people like fly back to Gander to to see everybody. That's absolutely incredible. I know. And it's funny. There's like a song in the musical in the beginning where because when they first landed, uh, I know Beverly's plane, she said she, they landed at like 10 a.m. They weren't allowed to get off the plane until the next day. So they were on the plane all together for like 28 hours. Imagine what the bathroom smelled like. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but so these people, probably, I mean, they didn't have our little um, carry-on kits, but they had a bunch of alcohol on the plane and they just all got fucking bombed Bro, together. Same. They formed lasting relationships that was that first 28 hours. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is a song called Me in the Sky from Come From Away and it's about Beverly's journey. And because I have no self-control, I'm going to karaoke it for you. Okay, that's all. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Bye, Bye, Mom. Okay, so follow us on Instagram at Dead Drunk Crime for our drink recipes and pictures from the cases. If you decide to recreate any of our drinks, please tag us on Instagram. We would love to see your creation. Do it. For our sources, please go to our website, deadrunkcrime.home.blog. And if you want to email us case suggestions, our email is deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. We also have merch, so go to the link in our show notes if you want some of that shit. parents must have thought they had a crazy kid cause I was one of those kids who always knew what I wanted they took me down to the airport to see all the planes depart and watching them fly something inside of me was starting I was eight when I told them that I'd be a pilot 
But I was too young and too short, and there were no female captains. And my dad said, be patient, he said, just see what happens. But I took my first lesson, came down from the sky, and told my father I'd fly for the rest of my life. And I got my first job, flying for a mortician in a tiny bonanza. Just a corpse and me, five dollars an hour for flying dead bodies. I had to climb over their faces just to get to my seat. And suddenly the wheels lift off, the ground is falling backwards. I am suddenly alive. Suddenly I'm in the cockpit. Suddenly. Suddenly I'm flying company charters Suddenly everything's hard Suddenly there's nothing in between me and the sky American Airlines Had the prettiest planes So I applied as a flight engineer but the World War II pilots, they all complained. They said girls shouldn't be in the cockpit. Hey lady, hey baby, hey, why don't you grab us a drink? And the flight attendants weren't my friends back then. And they said, are you better than us, do you think? But I kept getting hired in the World War II crew. They retired and the girls all thought much higher of me. 1986, the first female American captain in history. Suddenly I'm in the cockpit. Suddenly I've got my wings. Suddenly all of those pilots protesting me. Well, they can get their own drinks. <laughs> Suddenly there's no one saying stay grounded. And made headlines across the world Suddenly it stopped No one's saying you can't or you won't Or you know you're not anything Cause you're a girl Suddenly I'm getting married And we're putting pins in the map Where we've flown Suddenly I am a mother And suddenly shocked at how much they've grown Suddenly I'm wondering How my parents would feel Seeing me teaching men to be pilots Cause suddenly I am a senior instructor And somehow I'm 51 Suddenly I'm flying Paris to Dallas Across the Atlantic and feeling calm When suddenly someone on air-to-air -air traffic Says at 8.46 there's been a terrorist action And the one thing I loved more than anything Was used as the bomb Suddenly I'm in a hotel Suddenly something has died Suddenly